bet you didn't think I'd be back already. Well, me neither. But over the course of the last 24 hours, a trade happened that rocked the NFL world, and specifically, the New England Patriots. The Pats sent Brandon Cooks to everyone's favorite 2018 off-season trade partner, the Rams. Here are the full details of the trade per Adam Schefter. The Rams receive Brandon Cooks and a fourth-round pick from the Pats, and the Patriots receive the Rams' first-round pick, the 23rd overall selection, and a sixth-round pick. Okay, so obviously with all of the Gronk trade rumors swirling around recently, I was quite surprised and a little emotionally distraught when Cookie got traded. But after I was able to sit down, think about it, and even sleep on it for the night, I firmly believe that this was a great trade for both sides. After the initial shock factor died down from a fan favorite and an absolute speed burner on the outside being whisked away from the team, it wasn't hard to see that this was a classic Belichick deal. Naturally, rumors had already been circulating about what the Patriots may do with their new real estate in less than 24 hours, and I don't find most of them to be anywhere near the ballpark. So let's break it down from both sides. First for the Patriots. The Patriots first acquired Brandon Cooks last offseason from the New Orleans Saints after trading their first round draft pick number 32 overall to them in 2016. Cooks, a three-year pro at that point, was coming off his second straight thousand-yard season with the Saints and that streak wasn't broken when he landed in Foxborough last year. Cooks put up 1,083 receiving yards in his only year with the Patriots and his 16.6 yards per reception ranked him second in the league for players with at least 60 receptions. To say the least, it was a successful year for Cooks in New England, and that's part of the reason why this trade worked out in their favor. The bulk of the trade talk came early in the offseason. Cooks enters a contract year in 2018 and is slated to make somewhere in the range of $14 million per year in his next deal, after playing on a rookie contract the entire early stages of his career. The Patriots, who expect players to take a pay cut when coming to suit up for the team, stalled in contract negotiations with Cooks pretty early on. When a deal wasn't getting done, the Patriots flipped Cooks for a first-round pick. Essentially, the Patriots got Cooks for pick 32 and gave him away for pick 23 the next year, after getting 1,000 yards out of him in a season when they didn't even realize at first that they were going to need to replace Julian Edelman's production. Although I would have loved nothing more than to see Cookie on one side and Jules on the other in just one game, this was a smart move and nothing out of the ordinary for Bill Belichick, who has made a habit out of trading guys like Chandler Jones, Jamie Collins, and Jimmy Garoppolo before having to pay them the big bucks the following season. This one's no different. What this also means for the Patriots is that trading Rob Gronkowski this offseason is completely off the table, per reports from Schefter. Looking at the Patriots' depth at the receiver position now, some may say that they're in the market to draft a receiver high, but I don't buy it. With Gronk and Edelman coming back, the Patriots will need to rely on Chris Hogan more as their number two receiver, and I'm totally okay with that if I'm them. Nicknamed 7-11 because he always gets open, Hogan can still take the top off of a defense 
which he couldn't do for the greater part of last season after getting injured early in the year himself. Let's not forget that the guy torched the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC Championship game two years ago, racking up nine receptions for 180 yards and two touchdowns, the identical stat line of one Julio Jones that same week before they met in the big one. Rounding out their receiving court is Malcolm Mitchell, who was on IR for all of last season, but a player that the Patriots really liked towards the tail end of his rookie year in 2016. In that very Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons, Mitchell recorded six receptions for 70 yards, and five of those came in the fourth quarter alone. If Mitchell develops the way the Patriots believe he can after coming off of an injury, they can have a legitimate number three option at receiver to pair with Gronkowski running up the seam. With role players like Kenny Britt and Dwayne Allen on the outside, and the threat of James White and Rex Burkhead playing receiver just as well as some of those other guys, the Patriots are just fine at receiver. The Rams, on the other hand, inherit an incredible talent that will take the lid off of defenses. Cooks, who ran a 4-2-8-40 a few years ago at the NFL Combine, blew by defensive backs all season long for the Patriots last year, and when corners backed off to respect the deep ball, he dug his foot in the ground and changed direction to execute some nasty comeback routes. In a receiving core that has Cooper Cup running over the middle, and Robert Woods bringing size between 12 and 20 yards down the field, Cook seems like he'll gel with Sean McVay's unique offensive scheme in Hollywood and help replace and add to the production that Sammy Watkins gave them last season. With strength at nearly every position on the field, it was going to be difficult for the Rams to find a starting caliber player with the 23rd overall pick regardless, so this trade works out both ways. What this does mean for the Rams is that they're out of the market for Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ would command around $18 million per year, and long-term contract talks are already starting with Cooks. $32 million per year for two wide receivers would hurt the Rams' cap space way too much to be realistic. On the other hand, Rumors have started to go around that the Patriots may be in the running to trade for OBJ themselves. The Giants originally put up an offer that included two first-round picks as their asking price, and that's exactly what the Patriots have, so they clearly want to make New York an offer, right? Not. Those who argue this point will bring up the fact that the Patriots have traded for wideouts with big personalities in the past and have conformed them to the Patriot way short-term. Most notably, they'd refer to Randy Moss and Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, whatever you want to call them. Yes, Randy had a fantastic season in his first year in New England and actually broke the NFL record with 23 receiving touchdowns in 2007. In contrast, though, Johnson couldn't learn the system and barely ever saw the field. The thing that people are missing here is the fact that both of these players were well into their 30s by the time the Patriots grabbed them and were on the back half of their careers. Chasing for championship rings before you retire is a little more motivating to shut your mouth if the coach wants you to, and there's no way the Patriots would pay 18 mil a year for Beckham after trading Cooks, who commanded less money. I don't see there being 
any way that Belichick, on the back half of his career himself and stingier by the minute, trades all of his ammunition to replace areas of need for a 25-year-old Beckham that can't help but to keep making headlines for all the wrong reasons. Could you imagine what a good old Belichick stare-down would do to OBJ on the sidelines if he was starting to make a scene? Now that'd be entertainment I'd pay for, for sure. But it just won't happen, so consider that myth debunked. Another crazy rumor that I've heard that may not be so crazy after all is that the Patriots, who now have four picks in the top 63 of the draft, are going to trade up to draft UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen. While this is an interesting take, and the Pats have consistently traded their picks, including trading away six of their top seven draft picks last year, I still think it would take a lot for this to get done. New England would seemingly have to trade up with the Giants to get into the top two in order to ensure that Rosen doesn't fall to another team like the Jets at three. That's a lot to give up. If it's even enough without trading Rob Gronkowski in the package, to give up for a guy who has a history of concussions early on in his career and questions surrounding his leadership ability. While playing in New England would certainly give him the quote, challenge he needs to succeed, I'm looking at an alternative trade if the Pats want to go grab a QB high in the first round. How about this for you? Remember when the Pats seemingly gave Jimmy G up for nothing when they traded him to the 49ers? Well, if the chips fall right for them this time around, and guys like Minka Fitzpatrick and Denzel Ward are off the board at this point, the 49ers will be a hot target of trade talk, wanting to trade down and round out their roster with more young talent. The 49ers return the favor to the Patriots and move down to 23. The Pats move up into the top 10 and draft... Baker Mayfield, quarterback, Oklahoma, to eventually succeed Tom Brady. We've all heard questions surrounding Mayfield's height and some off-the-field issues he had throughout his collegiate career. Regardless, the buzz from NFL teams is that he is a stand-up guy, an infectious leader, and is obsessed with the game of football. Widely regarded as the hardest worker on his team, This is the exact type of character that the Patriots can bring in and groom behind Brady for the next few years. Impressive in the film room, Mayfield has also shown flashes of greatness on the field as he won the Heisman Trophy in 2017. Having a chance to break down some of his film myself and having my own questions coming out about the six foot one quarterback, I couldn't help but fall in love with his footwork And that accuracy, man, that accuracy. Mayfield says he's the most accurate passer in the draft, and I believe it after seeing this guy sling it. He showed up in big-time games against NFL defenses like Georgia and Ohio State, and Urban Meyer, although he wouldn't want to normally admit it, was even blown away by the guy. College football analyst Joel Klatt had this to say about Mayfield from the OSU head coach's perspective on the herd with Colin Cowherd just a couple weeks back. In fact, sitting down with Urban Meyer, I think it was two weeks after that, we were getting ready to do the uh, Ohio State-Maryland game, Gus and I, 
And we were sitting in Urban Meyer's office, and I just asked him, you know, about that game. And I was like, what did you think went down? And he looked me dead in the eyes, and he was like, I've never had an opposing quarterback play that well against me ever. <laughs> ever. He says he didn't know if there's ever been an opposing quarterback play that well at the shoe, ever. And this is, I mean, he was stone cold serious. And I was like, wow. I mean, so clearly a lot of praise for Baker Mayfield on that. And that was against his stiffest competition. Mayfield did have some help with play design from offensive coordinator Lincoln Riley. But I've heard that Mayfield was pretty crafty in his ability to tell guys what to do coming out of the huddle all on his own. One play that particularly stood out to me when watching film was in the second quarter of the Sooners' first matchup with TCU last season. With 16 seconds left in the half, Oklahoma was on the 33-yard line. Reading cover two at the line, Mayfield checked the play to what looked like a smash combination with outside receivers running short hitch routes and the slot receivers sent on deep corner routes. But when the slot receivers ran their corners, they both cut up the sidelines, clearing out both safeties so that Mayfield could check to the running back deep over the middle third of the field, who was stuck in a one-on-one battle with a slower linebacker. Putting the ball where only the back could get it, while the linebacker still had his back turned to the ball, the pass led the receiver right into the end zone for a touchdown that broke open the game right before half. Great play design and better execution from a system that can surely be worked in New England if Mayfield was paired with offensive guru Josh McDaniels in the future. Wouldn't that be a sight to see? All right, I know I'm getting carried away here. Jeez, you see what happens when you get me talking? Whew. Man, anyways, the Patriots generally draft defense 99 times out of 100 in the first round. And the last time they had two first-round picks, they went defense for both of them, drafting Chandler Jones and Dante Hightower in 2012. With so many needs on the offensive side, though, I see this being that one outlier. The Patriots may trade up, but if they don't, I see them drafting a left tackle at pick 23 after the departure of Nate Solder in free agency. Connor Williams from Texas is widely regarded as the top tackle prospect in the draft, so I can see them going in this direction at 23. But how about this? The Patriots trade out of the 23 pick to get up to 9 for Mayfield, but retain their 31st pick after adding one of their second-round picks into the deal with the 49ers earlier on. At 31, the Patriots have the option to draft Colton Miller, offensive tackle, UCLA. Miller compares a lot to Solder coming out of college, and with Brady well into the later stages of his career, this is priority number one for the Patriots to figure out. Selecting the guy who has protected Josh Rosen's blind side in college, let's take a look at how Miller's combine numbers stack up to that of Solder's. First, height. Solder, 6'8". Miller, 6'9". Weight, Solder, 319. Miller, 309. 40-yard dash. Solder, 4.96. Miller, 4.95. Vertical jump. Solder, 32 inches. Miller, 31 and a half. Bench press. Solder, 21 reps. Miller, 24 reps. Broad jump. Solder, 110. Miller, 121. Three cone drill. Solder, 
7.44 seconds. Miller, 7.34. And finally, Shuttle, Solder, 4.34 seconds. Miller, 4.49 seconds. A lot of numbers here, I know, but it shows you that Miller and Solder have many of the same measurables coming out. Needing to fill this position in a hurry, Miller may be the best option for the Pats to groom heading into 2018. Okay, okay. So I know I got a little off topic towards the end here, but I just like to think of this as extending the argument. Plus, with first round picks being traded in this deal, a lot of emphasis gets put on what the Pats may do with their picks in the future. A team that hasn't made great headlines in the draft for years now and hasn't had a first-round pick in three seasons is now equipped with two to jumpstart their franchise in the coming years. The Rams get a speedy receiver to open up their offense even more than it already was, but the Patriots may become the true winners of this deal in time. That's all I've got for you today, so until next time, catch you later, knuckleheads.